to know that we drink alcoholic beverages. We're adults. Also, we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. There's some movies that are more than one adult beverage movies for me. This was definitely not one of them. No. By the way, podcast is going. <gasps> Hi. 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 Second week in a row, we oh. got we got guest stars. Well, but you have to say the title. Of the uh, it's me, my parents, and Liam Neeson, and also these guys. Uh, but we're sitting in a different order, so we're going to be introduced in a different order. I'm Daniel. Sam, not with his mouth full this week. Thank you. Carrie. <laughs> Carrie. And Pepper. All right. And this week... Can they tell us apart? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. This week, uh, we went with the movie that we remembered we had requested from the library. I forgot that I had requested this at the library, but I'm kind of glad I did. I honestly wasn't expecting much from this one, because the box blur, the back of the DVD box didn't say a whole lot about this movie. I and was expecting a lot. I didn't, well, because of who was in it, but... No, because when I checked it out, the librarian said... Oh, I haven't seen this one for a long time. This is a good movie. The movie's called Nell. And while I was, while we were in the movie, kind of at the beginning parts, I started looking up stuff on this one. And then I kept looking stuff up because it kept, there kept being things to talk about. So this film... We just start with the usual things. Okay. Zero to Neeson. Well, no, we have to talk about the history of the film first okay, before we fine. get into talking about the film. Oh, fine. This one's, it will take a little while to do this, unfortunately, because it's important. Uh, this film stars Jodie Foster. This film was in 1994. She produced it. She produced it. Uh, this was three years after Silence of the Lambs, uh-huh. which was not her breakout movie. Right. Her breakout movie was The Accused in 1988, where she won the Academy Award for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. And she got a stalker following. Uh, yes. She then she won a second Academy Award for Silence of the Lambs. Her uh, director her directorial debut was the same year. Then later she founded Egg Productions. Oh, okay. The this was it. her production studio's first film. Oh, okay. For which she was nominated for an Academy Award. Wow. Okay. She also won the inaugural Screen Actors Guild Leading Actress Award for this film. Okay, cool. So, you know, she did pretty good. This was, this was also a difficult year for film, because this was the year of Forrest Gump. Oh, sure. I... Also, this year, where's some other good movies on this list? Uh, the Lion King. Oh, that's... Speed. Oh, that's just... Uh, I have to catch up with them. <laughs> and one that I... Pulp Fiction was also this year. Ooh. And one that I had to look up because of the name, Franz Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> what about that? I'm going to explain this to you now because it's funny and because we're never going to have another chance to talk about this because it's not going to come up. It was written and directed by Peter Capaldi, who most recently was Doctor Who. Oh, wow. It won for live-action short film that year. Do you know who directed It's a Wonderful Life? Me. The the actual... Francis Ford Coppola? I can't remember. Frank Capra. Frank Frank Capra. Capra. Which is why Franz Kafka. And it's a parody of that movie, except about Kafka. Okay, that's silly. Uh, yeah, no, it tie. It, it was one of only a few ties in the Oscars. Huh. I. Uh, but yeah, so that was interesting. I. I kept on looking up information because I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Should have been paying uh, attention. <clears throat> it's also important to note that Natasha Richardson played Doctor Paula. Okay. Now, why is that interesting? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. In 1990, she, she married Robert Fox and divorced him in 1992, and then in 1994, she married Liam Neeson. That was his wife. Well, it was his wife either before or after the movie was made. The movie came out in December of 1994, so, so that probably was during wife. filming. And they had two sons. 
Oh. Like, real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She unfortunately died in March 2009. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a skiing accident? Yeah, something like that. Brain but she... I yeah. thought he was married to somebody named Redgrave. Might have been. Uh, I think... Or has he only I been married he, once? I think he had two marriages, but I don't remember. Quick, look it up. Quick, don't look know. it up. It doesn't matter. It so totally matters. We need to talk about this All film. of this, of course, after she was in Family Affair. Jodie <laughs> uh, Foster, her, her, yeah. her starring role when she was a little pot. The <laughs> movie itself is based off a, a play called Idioglossia. That's hard to say. Yes. It's from the Greek idio, meaning personal, and glossa, meaning tongue. Okay. It's, an, it's a personal language. And they called it, they guess it in here, and you guess it before twin speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the play itself is very similar. The, the plot description is very similar to the movie. Uh, but invent, it's, Wikipedia says it's a idiosyncratic language invented and spoken by only one person or very few people. Refers to private languages of young children, especially twins. The latter being more specifically known as cryptophagia, which is secret speech. Well, I'm glad I didn't wow. have any twins, because I probably would have messed that up. So this is going to be interesting, because I feel... I want to talk about this movie, and I don't know if we should, because I feel like it's another one of them good movies that we don't want to talk about People the should plot. go find this at the library. You, They should. Yeah. Um, Your librarian will be yeah. happy. Warning, naked Jodie Foster. Oh, big boy. Just, you know, yeah. heads up. It, it'll happen. It's gonna happen. She's a working actress. She, there was a naked Liam Neeson. There was, but we didn't see any of the important bits. <laughs> it was okay, very appropriate Sam's to the snorting. story, however. Very appropriate to it, the story. It was really necessary to the story. It was, yeah. So I, know, I think Jodie Foster saw some important bits. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, she didn't care. How do you know she well, didn't care? Didn't she, didn't she whisper about them to Paula? Oh yeah, she oh, yeah. swam over to Paula. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to Liam's Neeson later. <laughs> so, so uh, zero to Neeson. Four minutes or so. Yeah, uh, he's a country doctor to his twer. Yeah, with a country accent. No, he says he's from he's, Ireland. He's from the country of Ireland. <laughs> But he makes house calls. Mm-hmm. The sheriff is his buddy. He's driving around the Appalachian Mountains, I believe. I don't know if that's Appalachian. In North Carolina, it, would they have the Appalachians the there? Smokies. Well, they weren't far from Charlotte, so... Yeah. Is that more Great Smokies? Well, we don't know how far they were from Charlotte. They never showed them they really, really didn't say. in between. They just jump cut from the woods to downtown Charlotte. Anywho, uh, he gets called out because a grocery delivery guy finds a dead lady... When delivering her groceries, and for all you kids at home, you know this is a uh, this is not Amazon delivers. No, this is not Simon delivers or what have you or no. Uber Eats. No, this it's is not Steve on his motorbike and leaves a cardboard box of food someplace, and then there's a little a tiny coin purse with some cash in it. Mm-hmm. And but he hears some strange goings on. He hears noises and then goes in and finds a dead person, which I think would be confusing because dead people don't make noises. But I don't think he. I think he was a bear of very little brain, so he did not put two and two together. Well, he proves that by the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. he, he proves his lack of brain by the end of the movie. <laughs> by mid movie. By mid movie, and then we are confirmed yeah. that he is very little. He's brain. not a smart guy. Anyways, uh, Liam Neeson gets called out and trying to figure out this poor old lady because nobody. Really talk Cause to her. Of death. Yeah. And finds Jodie Foster hiding in the rafters. Oh, no. And 
we didn't think much of the singing at the start of the movie. I kind of want to re-listen to that and see if I can figure out what song that is. Well, and now we kind of want to go backwards. Yeah. And figure out more things. The very beginning when they're doing the title sequence and who's in the movie is Jodie Foster's character singing a song, which now we know that's what it is, but it sounded like... Well, you said it sounded like Yoda. Kind of. Well, I have to say, it's, well, because out of all the people sitting in this room, I'm probably the only one that actually spent all kinds of time at the state hospital. Yeah. Working uh, with and yeah. for people with developmental disabilities. And so, for me, it was very reminiscent of some of those days at work. Of, you know, people that if you don't know them well enough, you don't know their just the different intonation on a different day can that is the portrayal of the feelings of the because uh, there isn't language and there isn't there what we would consider to be regular speak and it was reminiscent of that to me so then when it went into the the clinical setting with the Dr. Olson behind the glass doing observation stuff mm-hmm. I used to be a clinician on the other side of the glass wall being observed with with yeah. people so that seemed um, pretty 90s accurate to me. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway, for what that's worth. So, Liam Neeson gets told by a small piece of paper inside the Bible that he has to care for her now because the Lord led him there. Uh-huh. And the sheriff makes fun of him a little bit because they're friends. I think because they're friends. Yeah. They seem to be not just professional friends, but they were probably friends in a, mm-hmm. on a slightly more personal level. So the bulk of the film is Liam Neeson and the doc, the other doctor, Paula, doing... She must be a, you know, a developmental specialist. Yeah. Doing on-site observation work of Nell, Jodie Foster's character, to see if she can see you know, what her state is, what is wrong with her. Instead well, of just bringing her to the hospital and they have, they have three months to find out if she's can live on her if she's capable of living on her own. Yeah. If she has that kind of mental capacity to take care of herself now that she doesn't have her mom living with her. And what follows is a welcome breath of character development. You mean as far as Liam Neeson movies As go, far as Liam Neeson movies are concerned, a surprising amount of character development. We I think we enjoyed this film. We in did. That regard. It was very good. It was a lot better than other ones. I can't I'd... even remember the garbage movie we watched last week. Ruby I don't Kyra. want it. Ruby Cairo. Oh! oh yeah, that one was toilets. We didn't oh. care about anyone in that movie. That was that movie was toilets. I I brought up specifically the movie Lamb, which was another one where Liam Neeson plays a fatherish figure to another character who has developmental problems. And in that film, there was no character development to speak of, basically. And this one there was, and it made the ending feel more impactful. Well, it made the whole movie... We actually were invested in the characters. Oh, yeah. I think. And all of them. As much as you said, Dan, at the beginning, that the doctor character, that Paula, mm-hmm. that character, you didn't have much buy-in at the beginning. For quite a bit, you didn't have much buy-in to her. Like, she wasn't very yeah. likable for a it, while. It took longer for her. She developed really slowly, and, mm-hmm. and by the end was a noteworthy character... In the whole scheme of things. Yeah. So. All three of the main characters came together to kind of the same conclusion, as it were. Starting from three different places. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was really good. And what you want out of an ensemble cast. You want them all to end together So You want it to be knit together yeah. at the end. Uh, Just like in The Lord of the Rings, when they all jump on the bed. 
at sure. the end of the movie. They do do that, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I wasn't expecting that. That's not the metaphor I would have chosen. They, they, they ended at the same place. They did, physically. <laughs> well, that's all right. Well, all three of the Lord of the Rings movies do that. Kind You're of. welcome. <laughs> I mean, so does you know, all the Star Wars movies and... Well, most of the Star Wars movies. Sometimes people are dying and being turned into Darth Vader at the end of the movie. Yeah. But we cannot talk about Star Wars. We're not going to talk about Star Wars around Mom. FYI, the location is in both the Great Smoky Mountains, which is a sub-range of the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, okay. Therefore, you were both right. Okay. Right. I really wanted to put that out there. All right. The lake is is Fontana Lake, which is about... Just south of Clingman's Dome. 150, well, it's it's just south of Knoxville, actually. So quite a bit west of Charlotte. Sam, have you gone up a mountain near there? Clingman's yeah. Dome. Okay. Clingman's Dome. That's okay. the reason I mentioned it. Gotcha. I was there. I may also have gotten lost in the woods there. <laughs> is it in the same Jody forest? Foster should have come found you. Is it in the same um, national forest? I believe it is. Nantahala. Nantahala. Great Smoky Mountains National Park. We've it's been right there. there. It's right there in there. I don't think Dan has been there. I have not been to North Carolina at there? all. That's one of my pictures, my rotating pictures on my lock screen. It was ah. it was noted that the uh, the very prominent stones that were a part of the set, mm-hmm. the scene that they walked on in the water, were clearly not natural because this is a lake formed in a ravine from a dam. Oh, okay. And big, so there would not be big rocks. It would be deep, and there would not be big rocks just kind of oh. lined up there like that. So that was for the set. set. So did they Sorry leave, about that. Did they leave them there after the production? For some time, anyway. Yeah. They were artificial. The DNR probably would have told them to take it out. Oh, they're just so nasty. It's their job. To be nasty or to, to, to remove to, fun to, things from to, waterways? To, com- to complain at people about leaving nature alone. Yeah. Leave nature alone. Stop it. Stop it. So, right. you know, important facts like a successful four-membered South Korean indie rock band named themselves Nell after this movie. You'd think, okay, that doesn't seem very significant, except for the fact that the movie had impact. Yeah, I mean, that's something. Which I think is kind of interesting. I still really enjoy the Nell reading the sex book and then getting the two of them to touch each other's faces (laughs) with the grin on her face like an eight-year-old that got two adults to hold hands and Mm -hmm. thinks that now they're going to get married and scampers away to hide Uh behind a bush and watch it happen. Uh Uh-huh, because that's how babies are made. Yeah. It's totally true. That's how it works. Uh, we talked about how much work it would be to write this script because Jodie Foster is speaking, it's English that's run through the filter of learning it from someone that had a stroke and half of their face was numb and also possibly having autism. Well, but also we have got a significant Southern... And a significant Southern accent. Mm-hmm. So we've got three different things affecting enunciation mm-hmm. and either the scriptwriter wrote the script how it was supposed to be said or Jodie Foster internalized the way to speak somehow and looked at the normal words and said them the correct way as her character would either of which is phenomenal that would be difficult I would think that it would almost have to be written that way because otherwise how would you get the actor to well, to truncate the words. Well, it's like it's like voice acting. I I've heard a couple interviews with voice actors, and they say that the way to do a voice properly, do a character properly, is not to be able to, like anyone can 
say what's up doc like Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. But the, you have to be able to say anything like that character. If you can be Bugs Bunny delivering the Gettysburg Address and then ordering a pizza and then, you know, what have you. Then saying what's up doc. Yeah. Then saying what's up doc. Then you will sound more like the character. And I think that it would have been very difficult for her to do, but it would have made the character more believable and easier for her to just like riff lines if she could internalize the speech pattern. Well, I'm sure she did, but I wonder if it was, you know, it was written. Yeah. And then she could then take it from there. Some of her words were not English, so some of them weren't, didn't have an English base on either. Yeah. You know, we we came to understand what, you know, how she would refer to Jerry or to Paula, or she'd say reckon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you reckon. Or she'd refer to herself, and we came to grab onto those bits and pieces because they were... Very, very parallel to mm-hmm. standard English. Um, and there were some times where she'd say something and a character would say the translation it, almost like they were reminding themselves what it meant. So mm-hmm. it, it was not just a movie without subtitles. Right. We got some of it. We didn't get all of the translation all the time, right. especially at the beginning. But I think that added to our wanting to know more, mm-hmm. wanting to figure it out. It was a puzzle for us. Well, that was good. And in the end, everyone is happy. Somehow. Except the doctor that wandered in the institution. Well, I think, yeah. well, we didn't see his reaction. He just disappeared. He just, he just, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Stop spoiler winning. alert. He got told off. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of where I recognized him from. I will. We'll have yeah. to look him up. I'll no, and up. I think that the, the young man doing grocery deliver on, delivery on the bike. Oh yeah, he's an awful person and he needs to go away. I think he just... We didn't wrap up his character at all, but that's that was okay with us. We didn't have to wrap up his didn't character. Matter. His his place in the movie was to be his name was pro- Richard was to be a problem for <laughs> yes yes precisely yeah I think I recognize him from Fletch yeah yeah Richard sure, he was Libertini the, he was the editor on Fletch he was the editor in Fletch oh my goodness he's from Fletch sure enough. He was also in the DuckTales movie. But not as it himself. Obviously. It's a cartoon. <laughs> he, he did a Just lot of say, television. The editor in Fletch. Okay, I haven't thought about Fletch for a long time. Well, as long as he, he was drop uncredited in Lethal Weapon 4. Mm-hmm. All right. As a rabbi. Sam, the a podcast totally picked up you dropping your phone. <laughs> That's okay. But his phone is okay. I at least, can do it again. At least you didn't hit the microphone. Like some people, we like know. some people have done. Yeah. Think about it. Bad. All right. How much more do we want to talk about this? We really want people to watch this. We movie. do. It's really good, good movie. This yeah. was a good movie. It was I yes, mean, ensemble cast. You're going to care about these characters. It's not going to be. It's not taken. Yep. So if you think this is going to be taken, you're in trouble. Yeah. And it's not Men in yeah. Black International either. Definitely not. No. Well, mm-hmm. we probably need to talk about peril. It's pretty low. Very minimal. I mean, she kicks at him when he first meets her. Yeah. yeah. That's She's not even a corner. That's not even a half. That's not even a half. She didn't use her fingernails or bite. No, no, she didn't. And when she had the knife. And he's way bigger. And when she had the knife, she didn't even, like, I was fully expecting her to be like, look, no, I stabbed, look, no, stabbing like this and go to stab him. She nope. didn't even do that. Nope. I felt like there was zero peril. I felt like this was a zero as well. Is zero. there? Does he get any for when he basically takes her from the hospital? No one is chasing him. <laughs> Literally, no one. He stops but in the then, lobby and looks for the door that is very obviously there, and there's no security on him. 
There are no guns. Stress and peril are different. That's true. Stress is not we've peril. Been we've been, over, we have been over this. You've been over here enough times. Over. You keep saying that, but I don't. I don't I think you know what you're talking about. Defined, but stress and peril it, are not the same. They are so, not the no. same, but higher stress levels do contribute to you making poor decisions, which increases your we, peril. We have talked yeah, about that, yeah, where high enough stress can come become peril. I don't believe this was one of those movies. No, this is definitely not. This was not. No. No. No, I think not. No, I think zero. This was just a good movie. Yeah, this well, was a a well crafted movie. Yet another example where peril does not equal movie rating. Oh yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. Gracious. Well, also the Star Wars movie was like a nine in the peril of meter. <sighs> Kill me now, he says. Because he's constantly in danger in that movie. I don't want to watch that again. Please don't make me watch that again. Please, <laughs> please, please. Okay, we're done. Oh, we have to say bye. We have to say bye. 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 Adios. Bye.